Hello, you're listening to the Mr. Money Jar podcast. Mr. Money Jar here. This episode is taken from an Instagram live and has been uploaded in its entirety. This means that some of what you hear may seem odd in an audio format. For example, there might be references to questions that appeared during the live, plus some audience interaction, and very rarely some swearing or audio mishaps. Thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoyed the show. Everyone, welcome to episode 50 of the Mr. Money Jar Show. And today we're going to be joined by Michael, the founder of KBM Financial Focus, to talk about money and mental health, as it is uh, Mental Health Awareness Week this week. Um, and yes, the, the links between money and mental health cannot be understated in, in both directions. So uh, both the negative um, effects that uh, money can have on our mental health, but also the positives. And hopefully we can have a great conversation today about both. Let's just invite. Hope everyone's good. Hey, Michael. Hello, hello. You're right. Can you hear me? How's it going? Um, I'm getting a bit of echo. Do you have any headphones by any chance? Yeah. Let me let me use that instead. Um, Sorry. Headphones, Give me a second. Give me a second. No worries. By the way, for um for the people listening at home, when I was setting up this live, there was an option to um add a donation badge. It's not something I've ever done on a live, and there's of course no obligation to, but um if you'd like to donate to the charity mind during the course of this live, you are of course um welcome to. Um just thought that it might be of interest to people um, who are tuning into this live today as it's about um, mental mental health awareness. We'll just wait for Michael to find his, uh, his headphones. Actually, Mike, Michael, if you can hear me, the echo seems to have gone. Is it gone then? Yeah, yeah, it's gone. All right, cool. Let's just do it without it then, rather than running all over the place looking for it. <laughs> no worries. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining. Um, we've been following each other for a while, so it's yeah. great to finally speak to you uh, in person. Could you please introduce yourself to the people at home and let them know a bit about what you do? All right, great. So my name is Michael Shoday. Um, I've been in the finance business accountancy industry for 16 years now. I uh, started off as an apprenticeship straight off, straight out of A-levels, went straight into an accounting apprenticeship and then been building since then. Um, in terms of the businesses that I have, so I like to say I run a platform called KBM and underneath that platform yes. there's, there's two businesses. So with the, with the platform we have um, financial services and we have financial education and the, aim, the aim, end goal for both of them is for financial growth. So we have, we have KBM Financial Focus, which focuses on accountancy, financial services, um, financial growth for businesses, for SMEs, 
for freelancers, contractors, um, and we help them with things like their annual accounts, their bookkeeping, yeah. basically their general um, financial services. But we try to make it a bit more personalized. So a lot of the people that we work with, um, they're, they're just starting off in business or it's a, maybe it's a side business for them at, at the moment and they're trying to grow. Yeah. So we have to make it a bit more personalized because we have to work around their nine to five that they have and the time that they actually have free. So that's what, that's what tr makes us a bit more unique on that side. We just, we work around them. So our hours are a bit all over the place, but it is the way, it's the way it is. Um, yeah. So, and then the other side of it is the financial education. So that's KBM Edu Wealth. Um, with Edu Wealth, I like to say this one is like an early intervention tool um, when we're dealing with financial health. So what we try to do is we try to go in to, it's, it's usually dedicated towards 10 to 21 year olds. Um, in schools, as we all know, they don't teach things like money management. That's the kind of thing that you'll learn maybe outside of school. And if it is shown in school, it's very basic. So then it doesn't prepare you for the life that you're about to go into. Um, of course. Sure we've, all, we've all been through it where we've come out and we're going to go and pay our first bill or something. Um, and we have no idea how to do it. Or council tax comes in and we're like, wow, no one, <laughs> no one informed me about this when I, when I got my, when I got my first job um, and I had to go and pay, I had to go and pay rent somewhere, things like that you're not prepared for. So it can have an effect on what happens next. So what, ha what tends to happen is as soon as you go into the real world, you go into your, your adult life, you're on the back foot financially. So even, yeah. if, even if you have money, you're, you're still, you can still be on a, um, the back foot because you don't have the financial education to handle that money. So this is yeah. with money and without money. So what with Edu, Edu Wealth, what we try to do is we develop, um, develop workshops that will work around that and teach you guys. Um, so by the time they get to a certain age, they know how to handle it. So even as early as 12, 13, we're telling them about how to pay your bills, how to book, book um, how to pick your bank account, um, the, how to use your credit cards. Because a lot of people are scared about using credit cards and stuff like that. But you could be your best friend if you use it the right way. And it can help you, yeah. help you with a lot of things. Um, and we, we then, we also focus on adults. So the, the approach that we have is like a family centered approach. So obviously the young people are the focus, but then you also need to look at the adult side of it as well. If the, if the parents don't have the financial education, then they can be causing effects on, on the young people. They're on their own mental health as well. So we try to help them with that. Um, and yeah, there's loads of stats around in terms of, um, if, like, say, for example, the parents in the lows of debt, what effect that will have on the child as well. But I'm sure we'll get into that a bit more. But that's the reason why we cover both sides, not just the young people, but also the adults and the parents or their guardians as well. Thank you for that introduction. And when we were talking about what we might talk about today, mm -hmm. you immediately gravitated towards this topic of mental health. Of course, it's Mental Health Awareness Week today, 10th to the 16th yeah. of May. Mm -hmm. um, why did this, why did you feel so strongly that you wanted to talk about this topic? Because I think, um, I think, I think we all have a responsibility to be honest, to talk about the topics that sometimes are a bit difficult. So I think yeah. a lot of people talk about mental health. Um, but one of the things I like to say is mental health is the fruit of something. It's not, it's not the actual seed. So there's a, there's a seed that we're not tackling. We're not approaching that actual seed. Um, and f your, finance, your financial education is one of those seeds that, yeah. um, 
that can lead to mental health. Mental health, you don't just, you're not, you're not born a baby, well, in most circumstances, you're not born a baby and then have mental health issues. It's something that develops over time. Um, and if there's ways that we can start eradicating that, then I think we need to talk on it, talk on it more. Um, we, ha we have the analogy that um, I like to use, especially in my workshops is, so I have, I have asthma, um, but so with, the, with, the as with, my, with my asthma, I have, a brown, I have the brown pump and I have the blue pump. A lot of the times when everyone's talking, they talk about the effects of the blue pump. Because when I'm having an asthma attack, I have my blue pump. It makes, me, it makes it easier for me to breathe. But what people don't talk about as much is the brown pump. The brown pump is the preventative. It's what's going to stop me from having the asthma pump in the mm -hmm. first place. So, that is a very, very powerful analogy. I love that. I mean, I, I love an <laughs> analogy anyway, but it's true. It's very true. Um, oh yeah! Shout out Nathan in the chat. Um, great to see you, Nathan. That's that's one of my friends from back in the day. And thank you to the person who kindly donated ten pounds to Mind Charity. As I said at the start of this live, um, I just saw the the badge and I just I just put it on to see um, how it worked essentially. So thank you so much for making that donation. If anyone else would like to donate, you can go ahead and do so. Um, yeah, Michael, I think what you just said is very powerful because. When we talk about money and mental health and when we talk about mental health more generally, it seems like we talk about the, the negative side. So the brown pump. Is it the yeah. brown pump you said? Um, yeah, so the brown the, pump. The, the, blue, the blue pump. The blue pump is the one that is the one that okay, you know what, I'm in the issue now. Um All I, right. I've got mental health issues. What do I do now? So that's the blue pump. Rather than yeah. how do I stop myself getting to that? We talk about the blue pump side, of course very very important if someone's having issues then you know you do need to make an intervention whether it's uh, medication therapy um looking at their physical health but ideally we'd like to nip things in the bud yeah before they before they uh manifest and so that's why i really love that um that analogy there when it comes to the topic of money and mental health specifically then mm -hmm. Um, and that, if we can run with this metaphor, what are some brown pump type activities that people can be doing to make sure that uh, they stay in, in, a, in a good place mentally? I think um, the first thing you need to, to be able to do is, well, two things. You need to have people around you who, if you don't have that financial education, um, if you don't know certain... Like if you had mental health, there'll be trigger points that will make your mental health even worse than, than it is. Um, sometimes, most times you'll be okay, you'll be stable, but there, there'll be some trigger moments that make, that make you maybe a bit more unstable. So it's the same, it's the same with money. There's the, you have some trigger, you have some trigger um, points. Some people's trigger points, for example, is they just got paid. It's the end of the month, they just got paid. That triggers something, yeah. something in their head to spend their, all their money. You need to understand if, that, if that's one of your trigger points, but then when you get to, and then the next trigger point is two weeks later when you have no more money for the rest of the month. So then you start panicking. So you need to understand, yeah. your, you need to understand your trigger points, but that can only happen by the second point, which is being open and honest. So you need to have people around you. It could just be one person, but you have people around you to be open and honest with and tell them exactly where your, um, where your situation is in the kind of the environment and the world that we're living in at the moment people tend to show their best side rather than showing um, like the things, their failures or things that they're struggling with. So it looks like, yes. from, 
from the front, from the outside, it looks like, okay, no, this person's okay. But there'll be people, even in our industry, there'll be people who are struggling with money, but they might have a finance page. But, yeah. but it's, which is not, which is not a problem. But when you're open with it, uh, I see a lot of successful pages, pages that say something like, oh, um, at the start of 2020 or something, I was in 20,000, I was in 20,000k debt. This is how I'm reducing the debt. So things like that, it's not, it's not an issue to do that. But be open and honest about it. So you're not putting up a front because then you're, 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 you're almost living two lives. Um, and I think that's, it happens a lot. So like, for example, another example to bring it more down to, like, to people's personal lives and stuff, is like, say you're a parent, um, you're struggling financially, but it's your child's 13th birthday. That's going to have an effect on your, on your mental health straight away because it's a 13th birthday. You've seen that um, your child has been invited to other, pe other people's birthday parties and you're like, oh my goodness, okay, I need, to, um, I need to keep up. I need to do something, show something similar. I can't do something that doesn't look like uh, we haven't got money. I don't want to embarrass my child, those kind of things. So it's, all those things are trigger, are trigger things in your head. So then what you might do is just to try and show a life that you're not actually living or that you're not, you can't afford, you might go and borrow some money. You might, you might get yourself into further debt. You might um, take on an extra job just to pay for that. And sometimes what we need to do, well, not, a lot of the time what we need to do is actually just be like, do you know what, for this, for this birthday party, I have 50 pounds. How do, how do I maximize that 50 pounds? And that's one of the things that we teach our young people in um in our workshops so we, we'll we'll get we'll play a game with something like that first of all understanding the value of money so we'll say something like okay go and find something in your house that's worth five pounds so they can bring one item or they can bring a, a number of items go and bring go and bring something that's 10 pound 50 pound 100 pound so just so that you can see how they value money as it is anyway um and they start bringing certain things it's like okay now you have um a pen a paper and you have two pounds. How do you how do you make more money from that? What are you gonna do? So then you you can come up with different you can come up with different ideas. Oh, you know what? I'm gonna do a drawing. I'm gonna sell it for fifty p. It's only fifty p extra, but you're maximizing what you've actually got in front of you. So all the all these things that's what we try and do to 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 help to help them um, because you it's 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 almost a, it's a catch twenty two because I know from experience and I think this is one of the reasons why we started these things up. I know that it's hard for a parent, especially with a single parent, um, to be able to educate or be there for their child at the same time as trying to provide for their for the household. And they're doing from their side, they're doing the best that they can. So they might work four or five jobs. They might be working and cleaning over here, cleaning over here, cleaning over there, um, and thinking, okay, I'm just providing for my child. But at the same time, you're not sure, you're not teaching the child how to manage that money. And you might not even be managing the money yourself. And it's not your fault because no one's taught you. But then if no one teaches you, then no one's going to teach a child and then it's going to continue. Um, so, yeah, so some of the things are just understanding, coming to like one of those workshops. And we do try and provide the workshops for free as well so that people who are on low income um, or in those kind of situations can still learn. So, yeah, just understanding. And so, like I said, the two, the two main points were um, having someone you could be open with. So you can tell someone, oh, you know what, I'm struggling in this place. Because that person can talk you out of doing something that will make you like, be a trigger point or whatever. Um, and also just building on your financial education. So accountability and building on your financial education. Those are the two things um, which was 
one of the two of the things that we teach when we do the workshop called build just your financial um, foundations that's awesome michael and just uh again like thank you uh 25 pounds raised amazing for my child thank you <laughs> to the second person who donated it'll be very interested to see i can't i don't think i can donate and i don't think you can as participants in this but it will be 35 pounds raised yeah i can see thank it coming you. through wow <laughs> um yeah let's uh if 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 you um if you're listening to this live and you think um that it would be of value to someone um do send it to them i think you can press the share button and send it to them yeah and uh yeah thank you so much for donating i i literally did not expect uh any donations come through so thank you um back to what you were saying there michael i think it's important for us to impact unpack what you're saying a bit more uh human condition dictates that yes you will show the sides of yourself that are most appealing, most beautiful, most desirable to everyone else mm -hmm. because, because why? Like, why, 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 <laughs> why, do we, why do we do that? And that's the thing as well, because we're, we're, it's almost like we're conditioned to do those kind of things, especially if you don't have the um, like education or, or sometimes you just don't know. So sometimes you have been conditioned. So... Another area that I work in is I work for a charity, and in the charity, I do um, I'm mentoring for a lot of um, a lot of young boys, well, some girls as well, but a lot mostly the young boys. Um, and it's just about getting changing their mindset. So, for example, I've got plenty of examples where they've said something, and I just thought to myself, "Wow, it just shows the way that you've been conditioned." But it's not their fault. What they're seeing on TV is telling them this is the way that life is actually is. So. Let's say, for example, I'm coming to the mentoring session, which is on Saturday, and let, let, let's use their words. I'm not, I'm not dressed the most drippy. Like, I'm, I'm not head to toe in like, Stone Island <laughs> or whatever it is that they're wearing, kind of the goose. Um, and then my trainers, they're like, sir, really, what are you wearing, sir? Like, you can't be coming to, coming to the class like this. But, th but that's their kind of mentality. So I'll say, to them, I'll say to them, for example, one of them came in with new trainers one time. I said, oh, how much do the trainers cost you? He said, £140 it cost you. I said, oh, mm. man. I said, who paid, who paid for that? Oh, my mum bought it for me. I said, oh, it's your birthday or something. He's like, no, 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 because it was going to, um, it was going to an event. It was going to like, an event, school event or something, and the mum didn't want him to wear the, the trainers that he had, that he normally wears. So she went out and, and forked out. But the thing is, I know this parent. This parent kind of thought, couldn't really afford that. But it was, again, like I was saying, to keep up with appearances. But even... Even um, what we should look into is what made the parent think, oh, you know what, we need to keep our parents, we need to buy these trainers. Because all that does now is the child is going to grow up thinking, oh, you know what, I go to an event now, I need to make sure that I wear this, or if I don't have it, I need to go and buy this. So that, and, and, that, and you might not be in a situation where you can do it. Like, don't get me wrong, if you're in a situation where you can do it, then do it. It's not a problem. If you like those sort of clothings and everything like that, then you can do it if you're in a situation. But what I try to teach young people is, okay, um, and a few of them already started doing this, but I say, okay, you want, you want these nice trainers, you want these nice track suits, make your own. And start your own, design, your own clothing label. And then you can design it the way that you, that you want it to look, one. And two, then you start selling it to your friends. So now you're making money off something that you, that you created yourself. So then that's yeah. the, and then, but you think you start teaching them that way instead. So there's, there's quite a few that um, 
that I've done it, that I've started doing it now, not just in the clothing line, but in different areas where I'm just like, okay, you need to change the way you're thinking. And that's, that's the reason why, because you asked um, why does it happen and, and to unpack it. But for me, it's because you, you don't know any different. Um, and like, I think, I, I don't know, this, I can't remember the story completely, but the analogy that I always liked was the eagle and the chicken analogy. I'm not sure if you heard it, but it's like, no. um, so there was a farm, there was, um, I like, sorry, I like doing analogies when I'm explaining things as well, because it makes it makes me understand it a bit better. But so there was, there, sure. was, there was a farm at the bottom. Um, let's just say it's somewhere in, I don't know, let's say Romania. I don't know why. But yeah, we're in Romania. There's a farm near a cliff. On top of the cliff, there's a um, an eagle's nest. Um, by accident, one of the eggs comes out. It rolls down. It rolls down the mountain to where the farm is. So the egg, the egg hatches there um, and it grows up for the rest of his life with the chickens. So the whole time it's thinking that it's a chicken and, and yeah, it's, if it, it's the whole life is growing up with chicken, so he it thinks it's a chicken. So he doesn't fly, chickens can't fly. So he doesn't fly, he does everything that chicken does and he lives his life. One day, as he's coming to the end of his life, he sees an eagle fly over um, and he's like, oh, that's amazing. I wish I, could, I wish I could do that and blah, blah, blah. But the thing is, because he's never been in that environment, he's ne he never he was never flew with eagles. He, never, he was never brought up by eagles. He finds it hard to be an eagle, even though he is actually an eagle. And that's the same with a yeah. lot of people. They're they're in they're in a position where they can do better, but they've not been shown how to do better. So they'll do, yeah. they'll do what they can see, and 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 then that's one that's one issue is that why it continues, and we have this kind of way of thinking. So they'll see, let's say for example, a lot of these young boys they'll see artists on TV and the way that they're showing wealth is like, it's, it's not wealth, but the way they're showing wealth anyway is by wearing the latest design and stuff, by getting these yeah. cars on credit, by telling everyone else that they bought the cars, but it's on credit anyway and it's depreciated anyway, but that's another, that's another thing, not being able to own their own houses, <laughs> but when they're younger, they don't know about owning their houses. So all these things, they don't know they're actually not actually building any assets, but to them, it looks like they've got wealth. Um, and then, and then, so they're like, okay, so if I do this, that means I'm rich and, I, and people will like me and um, all this kind of stuff. Uh, I look on social media, everyone's going doing this as well. Okay, so this is the thing I need to do. So you start doing it because that's the, that's the world you live in. That's the environment around you. But imagine you're showing another way. Then you'll be flying like the eagle was flying. But at the moment, because um, a lot of people are living in, like, let's say, in a farm where the chickens are, so obviously they can only be they can only be a chicken, not knowing that they were designed for something more. Yeah, completely agree. I think uh, just very simple like nurture has a lot to say for why people engage in certain acts. Hundred percent. But um, I'd like I'd like to share a kind of a personal story, if I may. Yeah. On why I think seek these external uh, measures of validation, uh, and I, I think it's because like fundamentally people just want to be loved. So you will, or, or liked by people, mm -hmm. um, the social beings, and whatever those markers are, you will um, put them out into the world so that you can be accepted and so that you can belong. And um, earlier on this year, I went to therapy. I had three therapy sessions, and each of them were just eye-opening and life-changing for me. Um, in the first one, I spoke to uh, my therapist, Bernadette Ainsworth. Her name is great, great woman. 
and she introduced me to the concept of unconditional self-acceptance. Mm-hmm. And uh, essentially, it's just the idea that nothing um, external to you has anything to do with your worth as a human being. And she used a quite funny example for me. She was like, if you're walking down the street and you saw a car about to run over a brick, would you try to save the brick? And I, of course, was like, no. And she was like, why? And I was like, because it's a brick. She's like, exactly. Now, imagine that same example. You're walking down the street and you see a car about to run over a small child. Would you try to save that child? And I was like, yes, of course. And she was like, why? I was like, because it's a human being. She said, exactly. You wouldn't run into the road and ask a child how rich their parents were yeah. or how many social media followers they had or whether they were a good child or a naughty child, you would just save them because they're human and because they have value. Mm-hmm. And, you know, whenever, whenever I hear something and it just sounds true to me, it's like I just download it. It just becomes a part of me. And that idea became so much a part of me. And I've experienced a level of like mental just freedom and mm-hmm. tranquility that I haven't experienced my whole life. Yeah. Because um, it's, it's like you don't have to have the 140-pound pair of trainers. No. You don't need to have the chains and the glasses and the followers and all these things that society has said that we have to have to be valuable. You are valuable no. up front. You can accept yourself up front. Exactly. And that's, and that's the thing as well, because just going off the back of that as well, is one of the reasons why um, I wanted to get into the workshops, because I wanted to show that anyone can fall into that trap like you were saying, everyone, yeah. everyone kind of is, is, is trying to, wants that acceptance. I think it's natural, it's human um, nature to want that accept, acceptance or that liking. Um, but it's when you start seeking that in everything you do, that it, might, it starts having a massive effect on you. But I think everyone's been in that position. I think for me, um, and this is one of the reasons why we, why we teach about debt as well, um, amongst other things. But for me, when I was... Let's, um, yeah, I'll start from when I was 18. Obviously, I started as an apprentice. I started as an apprenticeship, like I was saying earlier. Um, and most of my other friends, they went to university. That's the, that's, that was the way they went around. But I started as an apprenticeship, a council apprenticeship. At the time, I'm the only one who's making money. Um, and and, I, and I, thought, I, thought, I thought I was a big man at that time. I'll be honest. I thought I was, and I was around my friends. <laughs> and I was, like I said, everyone else was like surviving on student loan, but I had some sort of money coming in. So I was the first person to get a car, first person to move out and have my own place. And the first place that I went into was, um, um, we went to some mansion and I was renting a room from the mansion. I don't know who I thought I was at 18 to be able to afford this, but you learn your lessons through this kind of stuff. But again, it was, yeah. about, it was about keeping up image. I thought, okay, I'm moving out of my parents' house. I need to make it look like I'm doing amazing. So I picked somewhere yeah. that I couldn't really afford. Like, as an apprenticeship, I was maybe getting eight, nine hundred a month. And I think to rent that place, just to rent the room, not without bills, was that nine hundred. So I got into that situation, but again, like you said, for appearance. So I was inviting my friends over. So from the outside, yeah. it looks like it's, it's amazing. I was having parties there and everything. And then we'd go clubbing. I started getting a credit card to 18. You know, you get loads of letters come through. Oh, open up this credit card. Yeah. I, started, I started doing that. We started going clubs and then we were waiting in the queues and I'd go to my boys, Come, let me just buy you guys a table. Let's just get a table. We go and get a table, but again, appearances. So you start, yeah. you start, you start doing those things. And and the reason I like to tell you the story is because 
bear in mind, I started in accounts. I've always been in finance and accounts. Um, so whenever I tell people, they're like, yeah, but I don't understand. You, you're, you're an accountant, so how do you, how did you get into debt? I was like, it just shows anyone can get into debt. It doesn't mean anything. It might, I might, you might be able to help someone else's accounts, but it doesn't necessarily mean that you'll be doing yours. It's the same way you can give someone else advice, but maybe you wouldn't give yourself the same advice or whatever. Um, so, by the way, um, so, so for all of this, let's just say like a few years later, I'm accumulating debt. Just credit card after credit card after credit card. But from the outside, it looks like I'm living the best life. On Instagram, you can see my pictures. I'm going on holiday, doing all this kind of thing. But you're doing it for appearances. But then when, I'm, when you're getting home, you're looking at the letters. Like you're getting red letters by this time because you owe so much money. The letters are red now. Yeah. So you're in, in, when I'm at home, my mental state is a lot different to when I'm outside. Because when you're outside, you're keeping up appearances. When I'm at home, I'm like, what am I going to do? Like, oh, this. And then you're hiding it from, like, even when you have partners, you're hiding it from them as well because you don't want them to know. Yeah. That's another thing that yeah. we discuss as well. But and I, that's another thing that I would push people to talk about when you get in a relationship with someone. You need to, I know it's harder for some people, but you have that conversation about finances. Um, because I know for me, myself, I hit a lot of things, but I hit it because I wasn't asked. So then you're, you're, you're still keeping appearances for those people. It just got to a stage where I just thought, do you know what, this is too much. And I, and I had to stop, like I said at the start, you have to, I had to stop seeking that approval from others and understand, okay, where is it that I'm looking to go? Like, what am I looking to do? And how am I looking to do it? Because yeah, I had all these dreams and everything that I wanted to do when I was, when I was 18. So, but, and this is the thing with the mental health stuff. Um, once, once you start having those things, it starts affecting your, your intellectual health, like the way you think, your creativity. You don't want to do, you don't want to do certain things. It starts, when you start getting into debt and things like this, it starts affecting like um, your physical health as well. Obviously the way you look yeah. and the way you're, you're, you conduct yourself, um, your social health. So you don't want to interact with people as much and stuff like that. You start bringing yourself away. And when that started happening, I had to have an honest conversation with myself. Like, how do I get out of this? And it's lucky that I had people around me that could see certain things as well. Um, and I managed to just go to myself, okay, let me, let's, let's just stop. Um, and, and I looked through all the things that I owed in terms of debt, credit cards, even f simple things like payday loans or whatever. And I was like, okay. I think in the end, the figure was about 18, 19K. And I was like, okay, so you've got to be strong enough at that point there because you're going to have a little breakdown when you see how much debt you're in. And that's the, if I'm being honest, that's the first thing that's going to happen. You're going to have a little breakdown. You're like, wow, how did that happen? Like, it was a bit more serious yeah. than that, obviously. But um, yeah, I had, a little, I had a little breakdown. Then I'll come back. And I was like, okay, I need, to, I, need to, um, I need to move forward with this. So for the next two years, um, I just worked on clearing that debt. So I managed to clear it within, within two years. But then it, it takes you doing drastic things. Um, or actually, sorry, drastic's the wrong words because it wasn't drastic. It, it takes you to be more creative. So I thought, okay, I've got my wage, but how do I increase, how do I maximize what I've got? And that's when I started going into other things. Like for example, um, luckily I already had my own property by this stage. So I thought, okay, I've got a two bedroom here. Let's start renting this out. That would, if, yeah. If, if, so I started, rent, I started renting my, my my rooms out and I slept downstairs. Like I'm, I slept downstairs under the stairs for about a year, and it's not a big space. Wow. Um, but just just to 
to build it up. And I rented out my room. When I was renting out the room, it covered the mortgage for the house. So the only thing I had to pay was like the bills. So then that means I had much more money um, for my wages. And by this time I started um, KBM Financial Focus. Um, so I had that money coming in. So then when the, money, when the money comes in, then you start building habits. You have to change your mindset. The money's not for me to go out and spend it now. As soon as the money comes in, so um, let's say for example, I would have a debt of 800 pounds. And my mindset was now, okay, I need to go and get two or three jobs through KBM Financial Focus to cover that debt. As soon as they come through, it's not, some, it's not something that um, I'm gonna go and spend it on something else. Um, it's something that I'm gonna put, let me put it towards this debt. That's gonna pay, that's gonna pay off that. Um, let me consolidate what I'm doing onto one card. If I have like multiple credit cards, there were so many different things yeah. that we did. So all those things I learned through experience. And that's the way I've always learned anyway. So like I said, I, I, did it, I started off as an apprenticeship rather than going through the uni route. But I got my um, qualification through the AAT and then SEMA as well. So like through that kind of route rather than, go, rather than doing it through the university route. Um, but all those things help. So then uh, once I got through that and I think I completed that, um, that's when I thought, People need to know about this, you know, because that, like, first of all, there's so many things people don't tell you about debt. And I think I wrote down, where did I write down? Like, the total, the average um, um, debt for the household is 60K from, like... Yeah, including, including mortgage debt, but yeah, yeah, 60 grand. So it's like, and that's for, that's for the household. And obviously, yeah, like you said, including um, the, the mortgage as well. But in the UK, that's still, that's still, because depending on the house prices as well. Um, it's still quite, yeah. it's still quite a bit, um, but, and I was thinking, and, and then I was thinking, okay, how do I show people this? How do I help people? Another stat that I saw was, um, which shows how people are in terms of like having an emergency fund and having savings, but it's like since the pandemic um, hit, 11 million people have um, borrowed money. 11 million people just in UK have borrowed money since the pandemic hit. But again, it's showing that there's something missing. We have a lot of things talking about investing and building your wealth and stuff like that. But we don't have as much saying, okay, what do I do? Because we had a pandemic and I lost my job and I didn't know what to do from there. Um, so we need that kind of growth and understanding. But like I said, it does come from like, seeking that approval first. Because that's how it started with me. But once I got rid of that, um, it, was a it was easier for me to have a clearer view of what I'm, try what I'm trying to do and help others as well. Yeah, once you realize that you're, that you are valuable up front, then, you know, you, ex you live life on a different level of freedom. Mm -hmm. And you're able to look around and actually see how much of our experiences are shaped by needing external validation. You know, the, the fact that we're graded at school. Um, yeah. The sense that the amount that you're paid is um, tied to the value that you uh, that the organization that you're with gives to you. These are really powerful, like really mm -hmm. difficult to escape concepts. But if you can, um, it can be incredibly powerful. Um, we have just one question from the comments, and then we'll get into the rapid fire questions, Michael. Yeah. Um, really enjoyed our conversation um, so far. Uh, and it's from Jen LH, and it's how can parents help their kids have a positive mental health relationship, money? Really important question. Yeah, so the first thing I'll say is the parent needs to have a, um, a positive like, view of money themselves. 
because obviously what, the way they feel towards it is what they're going to project onto the way that um, the child feels about it. That's the, fir that's the first and foremost thing. Regardless of whatever situation yes. you're in, um, you have to have a positive um, view on it yourself. The second thing is, and I mentioned it earlier, in terms of how we, how we grow, is we need to start being open with, like, in terms of finances and where, we, where you actually are. So then your child knows what, what to expect rather than, rather than them being thrown into the world and, like I said, being on the back foot. One of the things that I always encourage um, parents to do, or adults, and I encourage young people to ask their parents about is, when, when, they, get, when they get paid, and they're doing, let's say they're doing a budget for the month about um, what bills they're going to be paying, how they're going to pay it, the food that they're getting for the house, their clothing and all this kind of thing, your child should be next to you. Like, you know, the child doesn't need, the child doesn't from, need to do it. But it needs from to how, from how early? Sorry, say that again? From how, from how early would you say? From, say, age five? So, obviously, we focus on 10 to 21. So we say okay. from, from, from 10, but there should be, from a young age, there should be a concept of certain things. So like, let's say you're going to the shops um, and you know that when you go to the shops, your child wants some sweets or wants something from the shops. It's like, so you, remember the game I was telling you about understanding the value of money. So you say, okay, you've got one pound. That's what you've got for the whole week. So when we go to the shops, if you see something... Actually, you know what? It has to be more than one pound now. I'm thinking about when I used to go and get sweets when I was little. Like, sweets <laughs> massively. It's got to be more than that now. But, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like before, we're talking about <laughs> a Freddo bar used to be 10p. Now it's about 40, 50p now or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, you need more. But you, you tell them that they have a certain value of money. So they, under, they understand that. That's one, one way. So when they're going to shop and they're trying to pick up everything, you say, have you added that up? You've only got five pounds, remember? Um, and then also another thing, another thing that I encourage is if they, if they receive pocket money, you should apportion part of that pocket money straight into a savings. So let's say, for example, we're going to give you £10 every month for your pocket money. Out of that £10, we're going we're gonna to put £5 into the savings. And every month you show them in their account where the, where the money is. So they, they see it accumulating over time and they know that they've got £5 that they can hold on to. And then when, once they get to a certain age, I think like maybe around 12, 13, you give them the 10 pounds and then they put the five pound in the, in the, in the account themselves. So, that you'll give yeah. your, so now you're passing on the responsibility so, that, so, they, so they get older. Like one, of the, one, of the, yeah. one of the stories that I always give, because I learned a lot of these things in terms of um, like how to manage money and everything like that. And I'm, and I'm quite lucky as well, quite blessed with this through like my mum, the way that she taught us about money. So she took herself out of a situation where she wasn't good with money and turned it around to make it so she was good with money. Um, and, but she, she walked us through the whole process. So now it's easy for me to go and replicate that as well. And this is when we start talking about generational wealth. And that's what she did. She, she ensured that by the time, actually, she's done it now already, but she, she, her, her, her whole goal was by the time she leaves, all her children are sorted. And everyone is able... You know, Sorry, Michael. Can, yeah. I just, can I just jump in? Yeah, go on. £40 in donations to Mind Charity. You guys listening at home are awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you. Sorry, I just had to jump in. Actually, no, and you got, you got a comment as well, Michael. Rebecca Melody Lynn says, such a fab idea. 
that's with regards to um, your methods about saving money. I think it's very important that you hand over that baton, as you said, particularly now that we're moving towards more of a cashless society. When I was um, little, um, I used to save money like in a money jar, hence my hence my name. But um, you know, this uh, it's a lot more invisible now. Yeah, so you need to show the child that transfer and that account that the money is is landing in in order for it to be more visible. Oh, sorry to interrupt you there. I just wanted to say thank you to the person who donated. No worries. I was just, I was rounded up anyway. I just wanted to, like I said, it's more about being open with your, your, your child, making sure you have a positive relationship with yourself. And if you don't know, ask. That's another thing as well. And then find out together. Google is an amazing tool. You don't need to, yeah. don't need to spend loads of money on understanding um, certain things. You, Google, you can Google certain things and learn together. And the, the whole thing is do it together. So then they can replicate it. It's like a, lo a lot of people will, um, a lot of people who are more well-off, they might hand money to their, ch their children. But that doesn't mean that, that doesn't mean that they're giving them generational wealth or they're giving them wealth or something because if they don't know how to manage it, that'll be gone within a year or however long so, like it'll, it'll be gone. So it's good that you always, you sit down with your child so they understand what's going on and how to manage their finances. And I think that's one, of the, that's one of the key things. But I think it just depends on the dynamics, but you do want to be open because I know my relationship in terms of money and how open it was in my family households was a lot different than a lot of African family households that I've spoken to. It's, it's almost opposite. We keep quiet about it. We don't, shh, we don't talk about money here. Yeah. And yeah. so it's hard to break out of that. Um, so, yeah. And we're at fifty pounds. Thank you uh, to the most recent uh, donator. This is absolutely fantastic. I'm going to dive into the rapid fire questions, Michael, if I may. All right. Yep. Yeah. Um, just the same uh, questions we like to ask our guests on the Mister Money Jar Show. So, firstly, what's been your biggest financial achievement to date? Um, probably the house, and only having like. At this stage, only having like four years left on the mortgage. So I think, yeah, that's, yeah, my house, yeah, having four years left of the, um, yeah, of the mortgage and enough money to be able to pass on to, even lend, like pass to my sister so she can get her own house as well. So I think, yeah, that's, that's, that's my one. Congratulations. And yeah, shout out um, Investella in the comments, uh, gone to 50, amazing work, Scott, amazing work, guys. Thank you, Ella. It's actually gone up to 60 now. Um, so yeah, yeah some, some stuff. But I literally, I pressed the button randomly. I didn't even know you could do it. I just saw it there. I thought we were talking about money and mental health today and I just pushed the badge and um, the listeners have come through. Well, so thank you so much. Amazing idea, though. amazing idea. I like it, mind charity. Yeah. Um, uh, what one piece of money advice would you have given to yourself 10 years ago? I think uh, you may have already touched upon this with the popping bottles and the buying <laughs> tables and stuff. But what, what would you advise a younger Michael Shirley? To, um, I don't know, because everyone, everyone always says, yeah, not to spend as much, to save more and stuff like that. Um, I think my one actually would have been to be more to be more, take more risk in terms of how to build my wealth. So I think at the moment, um, and I did a post about this a few months back, at the moment, a lot of people look at the same places to try and build wealth. And they don't actually go on, 
They don't actually do their research to think, oh, how can I actually build wealth a different way and still make us, and still have the same amount of return as well? So I would have taken, I would have, it would have been more to research how to build wealth. Um, yeah, rather than, obviously I know I knew I should not have spent as much, but that would have been the one thing I would have said, do more research. Cool, cool. Um, if you were to win the lottery, let's say you were to win ten million pounds, how would you allocate that money? Um, first thing I'm doing is going on holiday after COVID. <laughs> <laughs> that's, the, <laughs> that's the first. Where, thing where, where, where are we going on, on holiday? I've, I've always wanted to just travel the world, you know, and with the, yeah, with that, that's what I do. So yeah, I put money aside to be able to just travel the world. Um, I would also. I would probably develop the business, um, the business side, but not the not the finance side. The business in general, the big idea that I have in my head. So the idea, the, the kind of idea that I've got in my head without giving too much away is, I've always had the the plan that you don't own the best shop, or whatever. I always said to me, don't. I said don't seek out to own the best shop in the shopping center. Seek out to own the shopping center that has the, all the best shops. So that's yeah. why I put, I put a lot of money into that and building that kind of platform or that kind of arena arena to, for that to for that to happen. So a lot of it will go into business. Obviously, you'd, I would invest. Um, I think a few of them will go to property, um, and then a lot of them will go to Africa. And a lot of the money will go to Africa as well. And building or get involved. I wouldn't even say going and building property, but um, getting involved in the great things that they're already doing to build their, um, the country up, um, build the continent up. Sorry and get involved and support them rather than trying to build your own thing in there. A lot of people like to go in there and do their own thing. They already got a great infrastructure there. They just need someone to support it. Um, don't really talk about um, like investing or buying property or anything overseas on this show, but um, yeah, there are, there are definitely opportunities to be had um, in yeah. Africa. And I on their side, they're doing a big push to reach out to diasporic communities and to um, encourage them to get more involved. I think it was a couple of Christmases ago, lots of people um, went back to Ghana for a festival. Yeah. And uh, I was really surprised. It wasn't just Ghanaian people. It was, it was like people from Nigeria, from Ghana, yeah. from the Caribbean. They were all going back. And I thought that was very positive. Yeah, it's definitely, it's um, definitely um, changing in terms of people, like where they want to go holidays and stuff like that now. Um, and yeah. I've got I've got a lot of friends who are, who are there um, who come back, and a lot of them now, to be honest with you, they prefer Africa than than UK because well, it is growing. This is this is the thing. I went on dinner. Um, I went on dinner. I went to dinner with uh, Jenny um, before last for my yeah for my thirtieth birthday, and um, we were on Google Maps. And we were looking up places to go on holiday. We looked up Tenerife yeah. and Grand Canaria. And if you go on Google Maps and you go to Tenerife or Grand Canaria and you zoom out so that you see like the surrounding, like they're off the west coast of Africa. I know yeah. they're technically part of Spain, but they are off the African continent. Yeah. Um, people have been going to that part of the world on holiday for ages. So I think, you know, in time, it will just spread to the yeah. to the rest of the continent. 100%, 100%, 100%. And it's, it's good, it's good, because everyone's involved, everyone's changing their destinations. It's giving them a bit more tourism as well. Um, but behind mm. the scenes, 
especially like in terms of media and, and IT, it's it's blowing up quite a lot in 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 Africa, um, and they, they are getting especially the young people coming through, the the skills that they have, some of the things that I've seen on like just watching them on YouTube and stuff, um, and what they're doing now, I'm like wow. So I think a lot of funding has been put into it to them to be able to um, to be able to do it. But it's definitely working, and it's 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 making the place a lot better, um, and appealing to people who didn't think it was appealing before. Mm -hmm. Good stuff. Um, what are your long-term money goals? Long-term money goals. Um, to 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 be in a position where. Okay, to be in a position money-wise. I need to work out what this figure is, but to be in a position money-wise, um, that when my children are growing up, I'm, I'm, bringing, I'm bringing them up, if that makes sense. So I'm not forced yeah. to be working or doing a business. I have my businesses, but they're running themselves. Yeah. Um, and I'm bringing, up, I'm bringing up my children because I think that's very important that you're around when your children are growing up um, because there's a lot of influences that if you're not around when you're younger, when they're younger, It'll be too hard to try and impact that when they get older. So my, my main goal is to, to be in a position where I can do that. But with the way things go with money, that fit that that amount changes every day. Like, <laughs> there's always a bit more that you need to get. Yeah, it's a good it's a good goal to have. Um, yeah, it, it, it I won't go too deep into the personals, but I'll just say it really resonates with me. It's a good goal to have. Um, and lastly, what does success mean to you? Uh, for me personally, I think everyone's, everyone's definition of it is going to be different. Personal success for me would be um, power, influence and impact. Um, so I think it's great. A lot of people do a lot of things that they, were, they, they think they link success to the amount of money you have. But for me, the end goal is impact um, and how much influence you have and how much power. You, you have from that so 70, sorry michael 70 pounds in donation guys we're going to be wrapping up this live um in just under five minutes um there's of course no obligation to donate but if you'd like to there's uh, just a few minutes left to do so i'm absolutely over the moon um, with this <laughs> but I, I mean i'm just so full of gratitude thank you Sorry to jump in there again, Michael. No rise, no rise. But yeah, seventy pounds amazing. Seven donations, mine charity. I'm sure they're gonna be very thankful. Um, but yeah, yeah, for me, for me, success at the end of my life when I look back, it's gonna be like I said, it's gonna be power, influence, um, impact. And you need to start with the with the power. So the power power can come through what you're doing, um, whether and because you don't have the power, you can't make you can't have influence. You can't make an impact anywhere. So the power can be little. So for example, you can look at power as if I'm helping a young person, I'm mentoring them, I have some sort of power because I can influence what they're doing. And that's gonna make it that's gonna make an impact. But you're obviously you're looking on a big on a bigger scale. When I when I leave for myself, when I leave this world, um, and I go and join God in heaven, then I wanna be say look back and say, okay, we made an impact. And that's what KBM is. KBM for me is about making an impact. Um, there's loads of us that are doing like um let's say i was saying yesterday on the game show that we did um that there's loads of us that are finance influence influencers and it's nice 
But I said, all you have to remember is it's been done. What's next? And this is what I say to the young people. Don't do something that's been done. That's boring. It's been done. Oh, I want to make loads of money. Someone's already done that. It's been done. It's boring. It didn't make no impact. Do yeah. something that's yeah. going to that's gonna, that's gonna make an impact. And when you're gone, your, your name, your brand, your business, whatever it is, lives on. And it impacts other people. Um, and just to end, I think Tupac said the same thing. He said, I won't change the world, but I'm sure that I'll impact the mind that does. And that's what you kind of need to think. Like, it's not just about you. I think sometimes, because we are seeking that approval, we are looking to be the one that's on the, on the face of everything, um, and rather than looking, at, looking for impact. So that's one of the things that we like. For me, that's what I would be able to say. It's not that Michael makes impact, KBM makes impact to the world. I think that is a fantastic, fantastic note to end our live on. Um, before we wrap up, anyone you want to shout out? Anything you want to plug? Um, no, shout out to everyone. Um, everyone that follows my page um, and any new followers that are coming on, please um, do follow. But everyone can see, obviously, if you look at my page, I always like to build the platform for others as well. So I always bring other people on, um, show, what they, show what they can do. Um, there's plenty... There's plenty for all of us to be able to do. So I, I don't really like to working with anyone who just all about themselves. Um, so shout out to everyone who's come on our platform, everyone who um, is doing great things to help people, especially in financial education. Uh, the only things that I'll plug is uh, we started, we, yesterday was the first time that we kind of changed and went from, instead of doing a podcast, we changed into a game show. So a lot of the people that I work with are young people, obviously. So we thought, okay, how yeah. do we... How, how, you had Poku, Poku Banks on, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I reached out, reached out to him um, previously. Um, so we was going to do a podcast together, but um, instead we did the game show. We did the game show instead. Um, and like I was saying to him, I said, look, the game show, again, like I was saying before, I mean, sorry, the podcast has been done. There's nothing out there for the young people to, to tune in and watch. Like a podcast is more... I would say anyway, for people who are in their 20s, their 30s, they want to learn a bit more, 40s and above. But let's say the Gen Z, the teenagers, they're not necessarily, unless they're that way entwined, are going to go onto a podcast and be like, oh, yeah, let me find out about finance business. So how do we bring them in? So the first thing we did was we made a song about generational wealth and how to build money and stuff like that. So we've got two songs out already on YouTube. So guys, check that out. That's the one way of bringing the young people in. The next thing we thought, let's do a game show. So I was watching different game shows um, and I was thinking, okay, how do I change what they're doing here? The simple things that we're doing and make it more about business and finance, but still make it fun. So we did, we did that was what we did yesterday. So we had two teams. Um, and like you said, yeah, we had, um, and I, I made sure that it wasn't just finance people that came on the platform as well. We had some finance people sure. and other people who are in different industries. So it just shows that anyone can learn about it. Um, and it's not just for, Okay, yeah, you need to go and read Rich Dad, Poor Dad. If you don't read that, you don't know anything about finance, school thing. Anyone can, <laughs> anyone can learn. And that's what we're trying to show. Anyone can learn, anyone can grow, um, and anyone can do it, basically. Awesome, awesome stuff. Awesome conversation. We've had a couple more comments from Nathan. Great session, guys. I really appreciate it. From Caroline, I really enjoyed this, honestly, early interve intervention to financial health. Um, thank you so much, Michael, for joining us to come and speak about money and mental health today. No um, thank you for spending your time and expertise with, expertise with us. Thank you to everyone at home for listening in. £70 raised, 
this Monday evening for Mind Charity during Money and Mental Health Awareness Week. That's absolutely incredible. Um, very, very thankful to you all. And um, uh, yeah, over the moon that we managed to raise a bit of money. We'll be back at the same time next week, Monday, with another awesome guest. Um, all that's left to say is have a great rest of the day and thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. See you later. Right, take care.